Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hello and welcome to You Made Me Watch the Podcast, where me, Mike Bobbitt, and my wife, Allison Bobbitt, go back and forth each week making each other watch a movie the other has never seen before. This week, Allison made me watch Francis Huff. <laughs> you made me watch. Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something I didn't like. Next time we'll watch. What did you think of it? What did I think of Francis Ha? Huh? <laughs> Francis Ha. Ha? Yes. Ha? Ha. Francis Ha? Francis Ha. Ha! Oh my Francis God. Ha! I don't know if it's that. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I was a little skeptical at the beginning because mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be like black and white girls. Yes. But... It also came out in 2012, which is the year that Girls premiered. So I think even though I knew that you saw this before and you really liked it, Mm -hmm. you also did really like Girls, too, for a while, at least. Yeah. And I like some of Girls. Lena Dunham started wearing on me, but Mm -hmm. enough of the supporting characters were really likable. Yeah. Um, And then the fact that Adam Driver was in this, too, made me go like, oh... I'm getting real girl vibes. Yeah. I ended up liking this a whole lot more than I like girls. Good. I think the biggest reason is that Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig were able to create characters that if you found them unlikable at all, it was really only because they were so socially awkward. Yes. And life naive. Yes. But they had a certain amount of self-awareness that... It wasn't cringeworthy. It yeah. wasn't... And like, it really wasn't even that... Gra- it wasn't grating. You weren't right. just like... Ugh. Like Lena Dunham's... I really felt like she wanted to just create a really unlikable character and see if you could get behind her. And, you know, I, I think she was pretty successful in that. For you the know? most part. I mean, yeah. it, like you said, it you got worn out from yeah, her. Yeah, Lena Dunham was my least favorite part of Girls. Yes, I really like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that I really liked Lady Bird, I think, yeah. plays into it a lot because this almost feels like a spiritual sequel to Lady Bird. Yeah, right? Yeah, because Lady Bird is semi-autobiographical mm-hmm. of Greta Gerwig's high school years, and this is semi-autobiographical of her post-college years. Yes. And it is really well done. The pace of it, you're just kind of following Francis around. And thematically, it 
each chapter, if you will, mm-hmm. is each address that yes. she kind of, you know, bounces around, bounces around. But ultimately, it is a really fantastic story about growing up and also about friendship, specifically female friendship. Um, yeah. She and her friend her Sophie. Her best friend. Her best friend Sophie yeah. went to college together. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me a bit of like you and Amy. Yeah. Where you and Amy have this history, but you are at such different points in your lives presently, mm-hmm. but you guys remain friends. And yeah, I just think it really speaks to the strength of female friendships. Like, I, you know, I, I'm friends with Matt Hateman and Gary Sankowski mm-hmm. that I've known since middle school, but they're not like the guys I consider my best friends anymore. You yeah. Know? But I, I, I don't know. I, I guess there's the flip side of that is Dennis. Yeah. Is someone that I've known for 20 some 20. Yeah. Some yeah. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. 23 years Mm -hmm. and but then again dennis and i met as adults and yeah we were already very similar (laughs) yeah 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 it's interesting when you meet someone during such a transitional point in your life and how you still you can still love them and you know your friendship doesn't go away just because you're both kind of going in somewhat different directions Mm -hmm. you know there's this moment where she's Francis is just kind of word vomiting all over this dinner party and she's saying Oh, that scene is so uncomfortable. So awful. And she's talking about how in a relationship she wants to be able to just like have a moment where she kind of looks across the room where she sees her partner and they're not talking to each other. They're both talking to different people, but they look at each other and they kind of have a moment like where they connect they kind of know what the other's thinking they both kind of just have like a moment between the two of them Mm -hmm. and at the end of the movie she still has that with sophie even though sophie's like there with her husband and you know francis is there you know talking to the the woman at the company that she works for you know about the the show that she just put on you know she looks over and she has that moment with her best friend right and i think that's something that i'm still fortunate enough to have where i can still look at some of my friends and be like hey (laughs) you know without having to really say anything i did like the fact too that the writing was so self-aware too that there's a scene where sophie the best friend Mm -hmm. is visiting francis at this apartment that she's living with with two guys Lev and Benji, uh-huh. played by Adam Driver and Michael Zegan. Yes. And <laughs> Sophie talks about how, you know, oh, these are, you know, rich people's, you know. Yeah, they're is, rich kids. Yeah. And she's like, well, they're not, but their dads are. Um, do you know who Sophie is played by? Who? Mickey Sumner, Sting's daughter. <laughs> which That's I'm just hilarious. like, oh my God, that is such, when you find out that, it just, it's self-aware it's not yeah super judgy no it's but just it's very matter of fact yeah you know adam driver of course is adam driver and uh michael zegan is the ex-husband on uh mrs mazel oh 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really liked him in this. He's such an unlikable character Yeah, in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least the first couple of seasons that I've watched, I I didn't stick with it. But um, he's also in Boardwalk Empire, but I don't remember him in Boardwalk Empire. I didn't watch that. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think it's funny, too, that there are a lot of actors in this who are the children of... Children of famous people. Famous people, yeah. Um, yeah. At that dinner party where she ends up going to France for a little bit. Meryl um, Streep's daughter. Oh, is she? Mamie Gummer. Is it Mamie Gummer? Grace Gummer. Grace Gummer, yeah. That's Meryl Streep's daughter. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, Grace Gummer and Mamie Gummer are Meryl Streep's daughters. Um, and I knew one of them was in this. Okay, yes. Grace Gummer is in it. Mm-hmm. Um Mark Rylance's daughter, Juliet, is in it. Um, Josh Hamilton, who is an actor in his own right, like a yeah. a Broadway, like capital A actor. His dad is like a, a famous director, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Hamilton actually is also in Eighth Grade. Oh, yeah. The movie. That, yes, yeah. he's not actually just an eighth grader. No, yeah. he's, he's yeah. in the film Eighth Grade. Yeah. Predominantly a um, a theater guy, but mm-hmm. you know, definitely one of those people that does movies as well. To you know, just because movies are going to pay a lot more than theater, yeah. Know, you know, for a Broadway guy, but yeah, yeah, it um, I really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, how much have like Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig collaborated on? Um, <laughs> so. The movie Greenberg that Jennifer Jason Lee is in, Noah Baumbach was partnered with her. Yeah. And their uh, relationship broke up. And the following year, he ends up in this relationship with Greta, Greta Gerwig, Gerwig. Uh, who is also, well, she's the female lead in Greenberg. So it makes me kind of wonder if, I don't know. you know. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So I guess I'll just do kind of a quick synopsis uh, um, of the movie. So it is Frances Ha post-college in New York. She's a dancer and she's um, an apprentice for a a dance company that she is hoping to, you know, become part of the company. But anyone who's had any kind of apprenticeship or or internship or anything post-college knows you're not making any money. Mm -hmm. And if you are, it's very little. And... You know, she lives with her best friend from college, Sophie, who works for a publishing company. And Frances seems to be kind of the happiest. You know, she's she's sort of seems poised to be on the precipice of um, now she's about to join this company. And, you know, she's really happy living with her her best friend. And she so much so that she breaks up with her boyfriend. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to move in with him. She's so happy living with her best friend. Yeah. And her best friend is like, oh, yeah, no, like, I'm going to go live with my boyfriend. (laughs) And and she's like, well, shit, you know, like, it is a lot of her, I think, sort of trying to recreate that happiness that she felt living with with Sophie, with all of these other people, Um, specifically with um, Grace (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's such an oh, awkward so scene. So awkward. So she kind of bounces around. She ends up living with Adam Driver and Benji. Benji. And then she, you know, can't pay rent. So she gets bounced around. Uh, I can't remember where she ends up after that. 
but she <laughs> she ends up having to um crash with Grace Gummer's character who is actually in the company and when they're wa- like Grace Gummer picks her up from the airport and they're walking through the park and she's like have you ever play fought with anybody and she's like no that's weird and she's like oh let's just try it and then she just like tries to slap her in the face because she and Sophie like mess around like that or used to anyway right and it's so awkward because Grace Gummer's character is like can you stop man like leave what are you doing and she's like oh sorry (laughs) sorry I thought you'd be more into that it's so it's so awkward oh yeah she goes to um, a dinner party with Grace Gummer and (laughs) Oh, God, she goes to a dinner party that she's clearly, like, sympathy being brought to because she's staying with Grace Gummer, and she just word vomits all over everything. One of the couples is talking about how they just had a baby, and she's like, I hate it when people are just like, oh, I can't focus on myself anymore because I had a baby, but a baby is you, basically. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then she's like, I don't know why I said that. That was weird. Oh yeah, just, yeah. And then you know she she ends up she goes to Paris for two days mm-hmm. because she's starting to feel really weird around these people who are kind of a little bit more established and you know have careers or have at least started their careers. You know who you know I think she just her inferiority complex is showing so much and she's like yeah I think I'm I'm gonna go to Paris and she goes and stays in these people's apartment but she ends up like sleeping through the whole thing because of the jet lag right and then she takes a sleeping pill at like six in the morning it's just oh god it it is a lot of just watching her you know hit roadblocks and oh just really have a a, a so much bad luck and just make so many not like bad choices but just not quite the right ones she goes home like for Christmas to visit her family in Sacramento. And that actually, um, I really enjoyed that sequence because there's a scene where she has to go to the dentist. And I'm like, yeah, that's the shit you do when you go home from college to visit your parents <laughs> for the holidays. Is they're like, have you been to the dentist? And you're like, you do that. You, you're the one who makes all my appointments for me. So your parents are just like making sure your teeth don't fall out of your head because you're like, that's how much you're still not an adult. Right. Things kind of end up just working out for her in the end because she kind of she's able to make things happen for herself. Yeah. She has momentum. Yeah. And her momentum doesn't stop. Yes. So one of the things that the the leader of the company, she's like, hey, there's an administrative position open uh, at the company here. It's not like you're not a dancer in the company, but this administration administrative position is open and like that way you'll get stage time and you can make money Mm -hmm. i know it's probably not what you want but you can still make things happen for yourself like she clearly still believes that this isn't gonna slow you down this is just but she is flat out telling her like your strength isn't in being a dancer but you are pretty good at choreography. choreography yeah 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 she's definitely like you could put together a really strong show just maybe you yourself are not really this the star dancer you you know it's really hard to be part of an an artistic group where you can make money like that Mm -hmm. it's very difficult so the fact that that this person is like listen 
you're not not talented, but I don't want you to lose out because you're focusing on something that may not quite happen for you. You know, there is a saying that you don't hear often enough. It's that um, basically it's bad advice to tell someone to follow their dreams. What you should tell people is find what you're good at that you enjoy doing Mm -hmm. and pursue that. That's essentially what the head of the dance company is telling Francis. Yeah. And hey, you are good at this. You enjoy it. Do that. Yes. I know your dream is to be a dancer, but. But. You don't have the natural skills. No. Required. Yeah. When she initially, you know, proposes that to Francis, she's like, no, I'm, I want to be part of the company. And, and she's like, okay, well, I don't really know that that's going to be a possibility for you at, you know, at this point. And she's like, oh, well, I might just do it somewhere else. And she's like, oh, okay, like, that's fine. I'm happy for you. Like, mm-hmm. she's clearly encouraging and she doesn't want to discourage her. But she's like, let me level with you. <laughs> like, you're holding out for something that's not going to happen. Yeah. At least not there. And, you know, at the end of the movie, you can see that she does take that administrative position. She does put together a show, you know, that people, a lot of people come come and see and even the head of the company comes to see and is very excited about it Mm -hmm. you know and she's very proud of her you know it may be a thing where she's like hey you know maybe that is a thing where she would have hired francis as a choreographer at the company not necessarily a dancer at the company you know but she wants to see her you know go out on her own and and you know that sort of thing and she gets an apartment you know she gets an apartment you know for herself that you know, she's not just crashing or couch surfing or, you know, because she has a job now and she gets it together Yeah. At, by the end of the movie. And in a way that I thought was super satisfying. Exactly. Because it's not a, oh, you know, it wasn't a movie where it was like, I, I wanted to become a dancer in the company and I am, you know, it was a, I found what I'm good at and, and it helped me grow up. Yeah. You know, obviously in 2012 when this came out and girls came out there were a lot of comparisons Mm -hmm. and i was able to find a lot of interviews with greta gerwig where she was like hey that's fine i i like lena dunham and i like the show and we were aware of the fact that adam driver already shot the pilot for girls Mm -hmm. when we did this movie and we you know knew that there would be similarities but we were like fuck it he's a great actor let's do this anyway and this is a very early role for adam driver it is yeah and it's kind of very early film role like he was doing theater already but okay you can see that adam driver just right out of the gate was really good yeah just like so much charisma Mm -hmm. you know because you know he's just playing a rich kid who's kind of like a womanizer uh and and you believe it Mm -hmm. he's so charming and he's great in this yeah i think the big differences for me between Hannah, Lena Dunham's character in Girls, Mm -hmm. and Francis is, Francis doesn't spend a lot of time talking about how bad things are and stuff like that. She keeps a pretty positive attitude. Yeah. And you don't hear her talking about a lot of, um, I'm 
reading this book right now called Beautiful Ruins, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a subplot in it about an author who spends more time talking about the book that he wants to write mm. than writing it, and he finds that the more he talks about the book, the harder it is for him to write. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things that I learned when I was writing scripts that you get the same endorphin rush from telling people I'm going to write this thing, or I got this great idea for a thing that you do when you tell people, Oh, I wrote this thing that I'm really proud of. So if you really want to finish a project, finish a project and then tell people. And I'm kind of guilty with that with podcast ideas because I have a handful of podcast ideas that I really want to do this year that I keep telling people about. Yeah. And I realize, oh, like I'm realizing now, like, oh, shit, I'm getting those endorphin rushes from telling people about these ideas. Um, It would be better for me to just do the ideas or bring the people in when I need the collaborators for it um yeah i think it's neat too that greta gerwig was really brought in on this by noah bombach to write it with him Mm -hmm. to co-write it with him and he he's a guy who collaborates a lot he collaborates with wes anderson i didn't realize that yes uh he was one of the writers on fantastic mr fox yeah life aquatic and uh yeah, I, I thought that was neat. And then Noah Bombeck just told Gerwig, like, shit, just why don't you play Francis? And uh, I think it's kind of neat that she's very good at acting. And, you know, she's gone back to writing and directing now, mm-hmm. and which seems to be where her passion is. Yeah. But uh, she's just a very talented person. She is an incredibly talented person. Yeah. Um, her parents play her parents in this. Oh, do they really? Yeah. That's so cute. I didn't and know that. It kind of made me realize how the casting of her parents in Lady Bird, especially with her dad, same vibe there. Yeah. 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 She did grow up Unitarian, and the scene of her family in church oh, yeah. is at her real church. Is too. it really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I was wondering about that. I'm like, huh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. For uh, a ch- but you know, like that's also a thing that you would do if you went home to visit your parents. Is they're like, oh, okay, we're going to church for Christmas, and you're like, yeah, I guess we fucking are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, this was a very good call. I'm, I'm very glad that you recommended. Good. It. I'm glad. I I really really liked it a lot when I first saw it, and I felt like. Oh, okay. So it's like fine if you don't really know what you want. Um, Because like, you know, it came out in 2012 and I saw it around 2012, um, which was very still pretty early in our relationship, very early in our relationship. So I certainly felt a connection with Francis and being like, oh, okay. So it's okay that I don't really know kind of what I'm doing (laughs) with anything. (laughs) And even now, like, even though I feel like I kind of have things I, I don't feel like i need to have a, a strict plan to stick to I've, i'm like you know what i'll just do what i enjoy and that's good you know i love the life that we've created so that's mm-hmm. i i still feel that connection to her character where i'm like yeah because i'm like i remember feeling like you know, you're in your mid to late 20s and you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I, I know I'm supposed to be an adult, 
Yeah, because this movie came out right before you turned 30. Correct. Yeah. So. Yes. But I had no idea what I was doing, just ever. Yeah. I, I've, I've been a late bloomer most of my life. Um, yeah. and I think that's a generational thing. I, I think we're all a little behind. <laughs> where... Yeah, it seems to be that, you know, it, it's a little bit more common now. Mm-hmm. where you, you're turning 30 and you're like, I don't feel like a grown-up, you know? Like, I just turned 40, and I'm like, I sort of feel like I have an idea how to be an adult. I I, I can kind of take care of things, but yeah, I still, you know, I think I feel like how I thought I would feel when I mm-hmm. would turn 30, <laughs> but it's yeah. 10 years later. Well, thank you very much for recommending this. I'm glad that I got to share this with you. Good. We are going to have to start planning our watchies episode that we try to coincide with the Oscars. And I think if we end up having a category for best, like use of a song in a movie, holy shit, David Bowie's modern love in this just, yeah. When it started playing and she's like, Run dancing down Run the dancing street. Run dancing down the street. I'm yeah. like, fuck. That is like the greatest. And then greatest. you almost cry. You're like, it's so perfect. Yeah. It, yeah. it is such a great moment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> part of the reason they shot it in black and white is because they shot so much of the exteriors in New York incognito without permits. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue seems very natural. Yeah. And you would think that it was largely improvised and stuff. Mm hmm. They had actors adhere very strictly to the script. That's which it just really goes wow. to show how well written this is. I'm not yeah. a I'm not a mumblecore fan, so if like I do like some of the stuff the Duplass brothers have done, mm-hmm. but if this is a movie that you've avoided just because you don't like the mumblecore genre, Noah Baumbach does not do mumblecore. No, no, and the. The dialogue is not, uh, it, it is very natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the nature of her character to sort of just word vomit a lot. Yes. But it's not, it's not a mumblecore. No. You know? Yeah. We all know someone who word vomits. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Allison. You're welcome. Uh, Join us next week when we find out what movie I'm going to make Allison watch. Until then, tell a friend. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.